0: I'm Richard Blaze and I'm a chef and restaurateur who has judged or competed on nearly every
1: cooking show. And now I've found a way to judge on a podcast. On my new podcast, Food Court with Richard Blaze, amazing guests bring their food arguments to my court and I settle them once and for all. You think ranch is better than blue cheese? Prove it. You hate pineapple on pizza? Convince me. The first season of Food Court with Richard Blaze is up, and you can subscribe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome to Movie Crush, the short and stubby edition that we like to call minis. Excuse me? <laughs> Who are you calling short and stubby? <laughs> well, no, neither one of us are tall guys. That's fair. That's fair, Chuck. We're, We're average. A- yeah, okay. I'll take it. I always wanted to be six feet. I did too. What are you, like five, Five, a five
2: no, I'm like five.
1: Five, nine? Five, eleven is what I like to say. Oh, are you really?
2: I don't know, man. Uh, probably not. What kind of a grown man doesn't know how tall he is? This, this kind right here, my man. <laughs> uh, I think we're we're about the same height, aren't we? I think roughly,
1: yeah. Listen, no, it's not a contest. Hey, hey I, I'm not treating it like a contest. I just genuinely don't know. <laughs> uh, I used to be 5'10 solid, and now I'm just under, so I'm shrinking.
2: Oh, my goodness. That happens. Th- that does happen. Shrinkage. Yeah. <laughs> Adult shrinkage.
1: <laughs> no comment. All right, fair enough. I want to thank some people right off the bat here. Because uh, as I was explaining to Noel here, as we're plowing through these mini crushes, I have – I was a bad boy and did not start keeping up with these um, and what I'm covering in them from the beginning, like what social studies questions I've asked, what I've recommended and recommended viewing or stream this. And uh, you need to keep up up with that stuff or you start – you're in danger of repeating yourself. And I am so busy right now. I didn't have time to go through, scrub through all the shows and make a big list. So – I reached out to Hurls, uh, Jill Hurley, the wonderful uh, Jill Hurley who has been helping us keep track with the Stuff You Should Know episodes over the years. We call her our Minister of Information. What do we call her? That sounds good. That's like something from like 1984. (laughs) I don't think that's That's a little little dystopian. (laughs) I might have just made that up. Um, Is that what we call you, Jill? She'll remind me. But anyway, I said, hey, Jill. I know you're busy as well and that you have your own life to live. But if you could help me out here, I would really appreciate it. Um, shout out to the Movie Crushers uh, page on Facebook. She, she went to the Movie Crushers, asked for volunteers to take one episode each and scrub through and list out what we've done. And Jill would compile that in a document for me and send it. Uh, and then I could keep uh, keep up with it moving forward. So big, big thanks to Jill Minister of Statistics? No. Information? Anyway, thanks, Jill. Thanks, Julie Perez. Thanks, Kelly Talley. Thanks to Sherry Oldenburg. Thanks to Adrian Crane, twice. Thanks to Bessie Hicks, a couple of times. She took two. Thanks to Carrie Bota, great name. Thanks to Rachel Humphries. Thanks to Michelle Horowitz. Amy Ball, Deborah Schloman, great name, uh, Christopher Austin, and Rob Dickinson. Everyone that I just named did me a real big solid. Uh, They are the superest of super fans. So uh, big thanks to all you guys and ladies uh, because it really helped me out. So enough of that, Noel. Let us reap the fruits of their labors. That's right. We're going to move on with a social studies segment. Social studies on Movie
0: Crush.
1: And I was inspired by a question from the last episode. What movie character would you most wish to be? And uh, I felt bad because I kind of forgot to put one up. And so the West Coast, I'm very sorry because, you know, 830 in the morning. (laughs) We clearly only got people either on Australia or the East Coast of the United States. And Rachel Jones says, West Coast of Australia is very happy. And she said she wanted to be Juliet Holm in Heavenly Creatures, Kate Winslet's uh, character, and Rizzo from Greece. And then she said, as she got older, Meg Ryan's character, and you've got mail. Good one, Rachel, or maybe Rochelle. Uh, Chris Rupp says, Han Solo, fastest ship, best Wookiee friend, best pilot, scoundrel, legend.
2: I'm confused about his relationship with Chewbacca, though, I gotta say.
1: Uh, did you see the solo movie? Yeah, I, I didn't like it. I haven't seen it yet. It kind of bored me.
2: They, they, they meet in
1: this fighting pit.
2: I think they, they, that's known in the lore, but I don't understand how they hit it off. They literally get in this huge fight and then just instantly become friends. It's confusing to me.
1: That's a bit of a trope, though. And Is it? Yeah, I the guess. The guys that's who true. punch each other yeah. and they're like, hey, we're buds hey, now. Hey, here we are. Yeah. I, I think I'm, I don't wanna be disappointed by it, and I've heard it's disappointing. I just I just, I just, I just, I just, didn't care. Yeah. Yeah. I'll see it at some point, of course. Uh, Catherine Snow says, uh, is it pronounced Hermione Granger from Harry Potter? Hermione, my man. Hermione. Hermione. <laughs> uh, she says, she is a badass witch and Harry would be dead a thousand times over without her. Uh, Nick Kelly says, Malcolm Reynolds from Serenity. I just want to cruise around uh, in space with a bunch of friends having misadventures. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Brown says, Jack Burton, um, I would love to go on an epic adventure in the magical San Francisco underground fighting the forces of evil with a six-demon bag. That's a good one. He's talking about, of course, Big Trouble in Little China. Tyler Minke says, The Dude from The Big Lebowski, cool, smart, funny, dresses like a million pugs. <laughs> uh is he being sarcastic there? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> well, I guess to Tyler, the bathrobe is preferred uh, – Preferred wardrobe. Yeah. Brett Giles says, Jason McCullough, the character uh, in Support Your Local Sheriff. I've never heard of that. Have you? I have not, no. All right. Well, that's who Brett wants to be. Uh, Mike Pintola says, Charlie Sims from Scent of a Woman. John B. McCarty says, Willy Wonka, the Gene Wilder version, of course. Yeah, that's a good one. He said, why? Because he owns a freaking chocolate factory. Good Fair. answer. Yeah. <laughs> Lilius Bonetti, great name. Says, uh, Arwen is who comes to mind. One badass elf elf with skills. What is that? Is that from Lord of the Rings? Yeah, is that the one that is that um What's her name? From is Lost it Liv Tyler or
2: is it the other one? Oh, I don't know. Liv Tyler. No, I think I think you know, I think it is her. She's the character that was kind of invented for the movie. Okay. The Liv Tyler. The um the lost gal
1: character. Yes, the lost gal. <laughs> I forget her damn name. <laughs> Uh, Ryan Lee says, the eponymous Sanjuro from Kurosawa's Sanjuro. He sleeps all the time but manages to be a strategic genius and a masterful swordsman. Uh, Jimmy Kaikendal says, the dude, another dude. Uh, Justin Sheckleton says, Charlie Chaplin's Little Tramp. Ashley Winker says, Hiccup Haddock Third from How to Train Your Dragon. All right, good answer. Uh, Tim Melton says, Cool Hand Luke. Oh, yeah, good answer. Uh, Rachel uh, Mahaffey says, Amelie, I could live in that perfectly designed apartment. (laughs) She's just so delightful. Yeah, sounds like Emily wanting to live in just a different place other than her own home. Uh, Rick Broydus is Captain Kirk from Wrath of Khan. It's got a lot of swagger in that one. Uh, Randy Rodriguez, Neo from The Matrix. All right, fair enough. Greta Koenig. Uh says Cher and Moonstruck with uh, the character of Loretta. Interesting family, and I like the way your character changes the movie. Uh, changes in the movie. Uh Kyle Wilson, Emmett from the Lego movie. Uh Mayan Becker, Indiana Jones. That's what I said. It is what you said, yeah. Uh Aaron Alt says Snake Pliskin. Ooh yeah. Good answer. Although, man, he he goes through it. He does. He really does. He goes they put him through his
2: paces. We're talking about him in the first movie too, I imagine, because people sure. really universally hated the second one.
1: Yeah. That movie managed to look like it was made 30 years previous. I know. The effects were so bad. There's like that
2: surfing scene that looks like, yeah. uh, oh, my Lord. It looks like something you do at a, an amusement park where you're like,
1: get, <laughs> get a VHS of you pretending to surf in front right. of a green screen, you know? Right. Exactly. Uh, Andrew Augustine says Gene Kelly. All right. Uh, Xavier Barton says Ferris Bueller. Sherry Oldenburg says Bridget Jones because London and Mark Darcy. I'm with you there. Uh, Katie Welpton-Gross says Wonder Woman. Strength, smarts, and the the power bracelets. Yeah, so Katie likes to accessorize. What about the golden lasso of truth? Yeah, that's true. Uh, ben Master says Nick Charles from the Thin Man movies. Carrie Mason, another Wonder Woman. Uh, Desiree Held. Shuri from the Black Panther. Ooh, yes. Anything from Black Panther. I'm way supportive of. Great movie. Laura Giles says Sherry Darling from Planet Terror. Oh, my God, a gun leg. <laughs> uh, Jonathan, oh, boy, how do I pronounce this? Jonathan Zipansky, I'm going to say, but Jonathan starts his name off with four consonants. That's, that takes a lot of guts. Indeed. Uh, Jonathan says James Bond. Uh, shout out and look forward to a Bond special coming up soon. Oh. With the great Matt Gorley. That's right. Bond is so tortured, though,
2: man. He just never seems happy. Yeah. He seems so bummed out and just beaten down by life. And it's like, this is all I can do is just kill.
1: Or be killed. That's true. Especially the new Bond. Um, Boy, you Bond fans are going to love that episode. It was so great. Gourley's knowledge is just ridiculous. Uh, Dylan Orr says, Bruce Almighty. Patrick McGrath says, Mongo. Because he's just pawn in Game of Life. <laughs> That's great from Blazing Saddles. Blake D. Morgan says, a you on never ending Story. Who doesn't want a giant flying dog? Good point. Truth. Yeah. I named my car after that giant flying dog. All right, going to buzz through these last ones because I want everyone to be heard. Sally McKenzie, another Indiana Jones. Paul Stanfield, James Bond. Annabelle Sutton, Violet, incredible. Uh, who wouldn't want to be invisible and put up a force field? Robin uh, Simotel? I'm probably not pronouncing that right. A customer uh, a customer in Hero Dreams of Sushi. Mm. I love that. Uh, Laura Lemke, uh Hermione, Hermione Granger. <laughs> the Potter fans are going to shred you online. <laughs> the Potterists. Exactly. Stephen Phillips says Batman. Mike Dancy says Clark Kent. Wesley Hall says uh, Rosie or any of the other hobbits. That got to chill in the shire while everything else went down. <laughs> uh, Janelle Thomas says, I would say Nora from Thin Man uh, because she's so smart and tough and keeps right up with Nick. Uh, Erica Winter says, Susan and desperately seeking Susan. All right. That's a good one. And finally, Kyle Peterson says, no contest. Indiana Jones. Best job in the world and the skills to back it up. All right. Hey, man. Yours came up a couple times. Indiana Jones. I think you were right. said <laughs> the, the, right the right answer.
0: That's the right answer.
1: All right, moving on. Uh, another edition of Trope Time coming your way. Uh, still buzzing through these tropes. I have a feeling I bit off more than I could chew here. We're going to be doing this till I die. Uh, David Nugent, he is bugged by the uh, is the character dead or not thing, but in that all you need to, like, you don't need to be a doctor, is what he's saying, to tell that someone's dead. All you need to do is feel for uh, the carotid pulse for a few seconds. Mm-hmm. Sure. That's true. Are so you saying there's confusion? Yeah, As to just whether like, someone's dead? Sure. Like, just check. Yeah. Because you don't have to be a doctor. Anyone that's, can check to see if someone's dead. That's true. You know? I got you. I kind of agree with you there. Uh, Lee Last, Lastavica, when a couple gets into a heated argument uh, argument and then, bam, instant makeout love scene. Oh, here's a trope that I'm going to throw your way, Noel, that really grosses me out is when the bloodied faces are m- kissing at the end. Oh, yeah. I hate that. Yeah. Every time I see
2: that, I'm like, God, who would do that? Well, they've just been through it together, Chuck, and they just. So
1: bear hug it out. They, don't, they, don't kiss that no, nasty, bloody face. No, they
2: really love each other and they have to express
1: it. Ugh. It's M- ma- always bugged with, me. With, with their mouths. <laughs> express their love with their mouths. I don't know. <laughs> that's what kissing is, Chuck. Dana Eliason says more of an ODD movie trope. What does that even mean? Odd. That's <laughs> <laughs> or is it an acronym that we're unaware of? I think she means odd, but she she capitalized it, so I thought it was some so, sort of condition. So she's like, it's an odd movie trope. <laughs> oh, boy, that was funny. Uh, the common use of super crazy decorated or souped up taxis in the 80s. Yeah, for sure. Remember, like, every taxi in the 80s had, like, a carpeted dashboard and, like, tassels hanging from the that's roof. That's true, but that's also a little bit of a racist trope because a lot of times it
2: was oh, really? poking fun at the fact that the driver was like Middle Eastern or something right and it was all like and so he had you to have, have crazy uh-huh. tassels and like you know um, Persian carpets everywhere yeah, yeah. I think it you're was right. almost a little over the top kind of in that way and then yeah. all and then usually the character would be a little over the top caricature of that sure so I don't know I'm just throwing that out. no there. I'm
1: with you man I think you're totally right uh, Edmund uh, Toralba says uh, one trope I dread is a supernatural threat. And you have the control room, you know, the military guy advocating to nuke him. Sure. The scientist knows how to defeat the threat, but the military guy just wants to bomb them. Yeah, I guess that's a trope. Uh, Chris Rupp says in sci-fi movies, when the older character meets their younger self, uh, Looper is the most obvious recent example, but frequency with Dennis Quaid. uh, Sure. 12 Monkeys. Yeah, I don't know if that's a trope.
2: Is it a trope? Say it again.
1: When the older version of a character in a sci-fi movie meets the younger version of themselves.
2: Yeah, that's that's happened. That that was in Looper. Um, Yeah. That's certainly in uh, Back to the Future. That's more of a, Uh, you know, it's a time travel trope more than anything, I guess. I don't know. And it's one of those things where you're supposed to avoid that. Because if you meet your older self or your Mm -hmm. younger self, it, it it could... I'll go bad. Blow you up in your brain. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: All right. We're not here to poop on your tropes, people. No, man. It's called trope time, not poop poop on on tropes. tropes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is Catriona Pagni. Beautiful name. A character that appears to be a benevolent father figure actually being evil. Like David in the most recent Alien movie. Or dad in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yeah, that's a that's a trope. Yeah, or Hal in two thousand one, a space Odyssey. Mm, that's true. I'm just saying. Yeah, these
2: nurturing, kind of helpful figures, helpful AIs. Yeah, or whatever <laughs>
1: that end up uh, just manipulating you for their own evil yeah. ends. Yeah, I'm with you. Aaron Carpman throwing a rock at your pet or animal or alien friend to protect them, and yelling,
2: "Get out of here! <laughs> we don't want you anymore. Go, go." <laughs>
1: One? Oh, you got yeah, it, dude. It's a good one. It literally, the next thing he typed was, go on, get out of here, I hate you. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's, that's a really good one. Totally a trope. Because that's the only way to do it, you uh-huh. know? Yeah, if you love something, yell at it and <laughs> make it go away. Uh, David Priest, that was a, a great bit of acting, Noel, Thanks by the man. way. It's good stuff. David, uh Dave Priest says, when someone hangs up on the other end of the phone and the person uh, continuously clicks the button, yeah, yep. like, oh, oh, that, oh, that never works. Also, we've, we've talked about this before, but when someone hangs up on you and immediately goes to the doo, yeah, that does not happen. <laughs> that is not what happens. Yeah, it's like screenwriters don't know how phones work, period, right. basically. And they only
2: recently figured out how computers work because for a long time any uh,
1: depiction of computers or the Internet right. in movies was just like, <laughs> what is this? So maybe they'll catch up to this, this technology one day. Uh, Gene Sharp says the montage... Uh, Sure. You got to have a montage. Yeah. I love a good montage.
2: Montage.
1: Footloose. Great one. Yeah. You learn to do something
2: in a short period of time. Like karate. (laughs) Dancing. Sure. You know,
1: skiing. Whatever. All right. That's it for Trope Time. We're going to keep going through these until Noel and I are dead and gone. Mm -hmm. The only way is through a new podcast in partnership with iHeartRadio and Under Armour. Join us as we hear from the world's greatest athletes, coaches, and trainers as they discuss how they utilize training, competition, and recovery to improve their performance and push through. Hall of Fame women's basketball coach Muffin McGraw has established the culture of winning through her historic 35-season career at Notre Dame. But this season, Coach and her team are trying everything to stay afloat against a losing record. Here's Coach McGraw.
0: I've
2: never been in this situation before of having lost five starters. And I was just thinking the other day, you know how when you're going through things and, and the stress of being number one and being the team to beat and being every game knowing you're supposed to win, that that really weighs heavy on your shoulders. And I, I think I said at one point, wouldn't it be great to be the underdog again? And my husband said, be careful what you wish for. And here we are.
1: Listen to The Only Way is Through. Available now on the iHeartRadio app. Or wherever you get your podcast, we're gonna move on now. Finally, Noel, to comment card your questions to us about movies. Weep. All right, here come five of them. Uh, Rebecca Rube, Rebecca's uh, all over this page. I appreciate the support, uh, Rebecca. She says, Favorite drinks to have per genre? In other words, like a beer for comedy, whiskey for drama. Well, I don't uh, I do not do that. I just drink whiskey all the time. Do you really? Yeah. Is that your jam? That's my
2: drink, yeah. What's your, what's your fave lately? I just do Jameson. Oh, Irish? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. It's just what I do. I like, I like a fancy one. I had a really good Japanese one a couple of weeks ago. Mm. It was the
0: Suntory. It was yeah. Suntory time. Yeah. Japanese
2: whiskey good quite stuff. It's kind of clear. Uh-huh. Had a good flavor, good finish. So what do you, uh, uh, over ice? Yeah, over ice. A couple mm-hmm. of fingers worth?
1: Yeah. However not...
2: many fingers the bartender gives me. <laughs> <laughs> but do you have that at home, too? I, I, I usually drink out. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. so you don't drink at home? I do sometimes, but I like to go out with friends and do karaoke and, you know, have drinks. You're going to karaoke? I always do karaoke.
1: Have you ever been to uh, live karaoke here in Atlanta? With
2: the band, you mean? Like mm-hmm. the metal some karaoke yeah. thing? Yeah, I've, I have been. It was to much of a shit show we couldn't get on the stage but
1: yeah you got to go early Mm -hmm. and get your name in there but uh i went for my birthday a couple years ago and we had a blast oh it it looked like a good good time for people that don't know
2: what we're talking about there's a place where they have a live band that plays the backup of music of whatever karaoke song you want to do and you get to you know be a rock star kind
1: of yeah and it's kind of great because i think the quality of Singer is usually a bit higher yes, because you're more reluctant to go up there unless you probably think you can pull it off. Mm -hmm. And for people that have, like, you can see it on the faces of a lot of these people that are like, I've never been in a band, and this is how I get to live it out. Exactly. It's pretty fun. Yeah. And in Atlanta, uh, one of the uh, local DJs, English Nick, he serves as the emergency sort of backup guy. Huh. Did you know that? No. Yeah, English Nick hosts it. He stands kind of off to the side with a mic and will sing back up. And then if it turns out that you suck, they will kind of turn you down a bit and turn him up a bit. Nice. Just to keep it moving. Yeah, because with a live band, if you're like a really shitty singer, I mean, bad karaoke is hard to sit through anyway. With a live band, it really kind of ruins the oh, whole experience. Oh, for sure, yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's 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 very cool. Yeah, yeah when I waddled up there to do uh, "Surrender" by Cheap Trick, I think I remember him looking at me like, oh, "Here I go," mm-hmm. and he got ready, and I, of course, killed it. Oh yeah, and uh, and he was afterwards was like, "Hey, great job, man! That hey, was really great." He's English. He's English. Nick. Yeah, it was good stuff. Cool. And there was this country boy who who clearly drives in every week from the boonies in Georgia who got up there with his cowboy hat and destroyed wanted dead or alive. Oh yeah that's, like, I, that's what I'm I, that's
2: a go-to for me actually.
1: yeah and he was just he had an amazing voice. He's one of these guys that like well he was just a cowboy sings on his tractor yeah, he rides on his steel horse <laughs> that he rides on <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry for that sidetrack. Uh, Mike Sams what movie do you consider bad or mediocre but if you recast the leads it would actually be good specific question i know i can't think of a lot of movies that were only bad because of the actor that they cast usually if if it's a bad actor it's a bad movie to begin with for me you know can you think of one not really sorry mike that's a disappointing answer but i stand by it (laughs) As do I. I stand uh, by you, Chuck. <laughs> Jane Savage uh, says, "Is there a movie out there which you thought had a great premise but was poorly executed?" Yeah, you know what? The first one that comes to mind is um, Castaway with Tom Hanks. Hmm. Not a fan, huh? Not a fan of the, the beach ball. Well, I, was, it was a volleyball. Volleyball. I think that that movie, if it, it could have been a very intense piece of art Mm -hmm. if you had cut out all of the beginning and the ending Mm -hmm, stuff Mm -hmm. and literally started that movie on the plane when it goes down oh cool and spent an hour and a half with this guy on an island Maybe take
2: out the volleyball stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm almost picturing to the beginning part. Is it, is it sort of like his family life and stuff for a yeah, minute? Yeah, it's all where that it's like, set up. Steve is a mild mannered American man, uh-huh. blah, 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 And then one day, yeah. Deow.
1: Pretty much. It yeah. has just this big over the top sort of setup. up. Uh, and then when he goes back home at the end, like, get rid of all that stuff and just make it about a guy on an island. Yeah. And maybe you can flash back to some of the home life, which I think they did in the movie. Yeah. That's okay. I'm a big fan of not beating people over the head
2: with exposition. Like, yeah. just drop me into the situation and then let's see where it goes. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Because I, 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 you know
1: what? Chuck, I've actually never seen Castaway. So this is all speculation on my part. Yeah. It, it just, it was a movie I wanted to be so much better because it had the bones of like what could have been a really cool piece of art. Interesting. And ended up being kind of Hollywoody. Uh How many is that? Three, a couple of more here. Jessica Parsons. Uh, do you ever watch the directors? Or Actors Commentary. Uh, yeah, you know what, Jessica? I used to in the old DVD days. Um, but I have noticed, I think, like, I think on some of these movies on Apple, when you when you rent them through Apple now, some of them I've noticed have a little tag for, like, extra content. And I haven't clicked on that yet because, honestly, Jessica, I don't have a lot of time anymore to do, to do that because that means essentially watching the movie more than once um, – but, man, in my younger days, I, I used to I used to do that. I used to love the director's commentary. Mm-hmm. A lot of insight.
2: Yeah, it's true. And it's weird because like, I think uh, we were talking earlier in another episode about moving away from owning DVDs. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you can get that stuff packaged digitally, but it doesn't feel the same. I yeah. don't know why. Yeah. Okay. I rented Hunger Games with my kid the other day, and there was, like, a version of it with bonus material. But it's obviously just lobbed onto the end of the file. That interactive menu on the DVD is kind of what made it feel cool. Yeah, because you, you could like watch it. In Just your hitting own that tongue. button, hitting that. You want to hit that <laughs> button, Chuck?
1: Yeah, Jessica. I, I wish I could. I could indulge that still because I used to love it. It was a lot of times it was like little little bits of a film class, which is kind of nice. Then finally, Brenda Allgood says, "What is the oldest movie, uh, oldest made movie that you haven't seen but would like to?" Hmm. Well, I mean, I've I've talked before about not having seen Casablanca. Uh, that certainly is is one of the big older movies on my list. Um, and we talked in a couple of episodes ago. I think the one that was just released this week. How you and I have large gaps in our older movie viewing experience. Did you see that crazy thread
2: that someone starts? Is that what you're talking about on the uh, Facebook page? Oh, about oh, classic movies that we should see. Oh, no. Yeah, there's a whole thread on the Movie Crushers where people are just listing movies that we should see.
1: Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, and uh, not the little-known movie one, is it? No, this is literally classic movies. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, and also, just to, as a reminder, everyone... I put out the call for Little Known Movies, which is essentially just a great recommendation thread now. And there are like close to 500 recommendations going on. That's so cool that the group is so uh, so active. It's yeah, nice. yeah, it's awesome. So shout out to not only the Movie Crush page, but the Movie Crushers, the subpage of big time movie nerds. And I say that with love. All right. That's it for this week, everyone. Thank you for your support uh, on the social meds, Uh You can find us at Movie Crush Pod for Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And so your homework this week is Mishima, colon, A Life in Four Chapters. Uh, I had Boots Riley in here. The great Boots Riley, who uh, is probably best known as the, as the leader of the uh, hip-hop group The Coup, for many years. Such a cool group. Yeah. I mean, is, should I call them the underground hip hop group? Yeah, they kind of
2: were. I don't think they ever quite were like MTV famous, but I, I heard about them through friends, like word of mouth, like back in the late nineties, early aughts, kind of. And they were super political and yeah.
1: really, really crafty lyrics
2: and very, very clever stuff. Yeah, it's well really Boots
1: really has a long history of activism in his life. Uh grew up in Oakland and he has a uh, he has written and directed a movie. And he's he's my age in his middle to late 40s, his very first film, which is just blew me away that at this stage in his life, he was like, you know, I think I want to write and direct a movie. And he did so. Uh, and it's called Sorry to Bother You. And it's called Sorry to Bother You uh, coming very soon to theaters, uh, starring uh, a bunch of great people, including the wonderful Lakeith Stanfield and Armie Hammer and Tessa Thompson, Stephen Yun, Terry Crews. Really great movie. I went to a sneak preview of it. Oh, nice. I'm jealous. It really, totally it looks, it's original. so up my alley. It looks a lot oh, yeah. like, uh, it's, it's, it's
2: got that kind of surreal, kind of like psychedelic vibe to it in the trailers almost. Like, yeah. It reminds it me a, of, a,
1: of a, um, Michel Terry Gondry. Gilliam or Michel Gondry. Exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. No, no, totally. Yeah, It absolutely has a Michel Gondry vibe. Uh, but Boots is a, just a cool guy, and uh, it was set up through a PR firm, but he came in here and um, I feel like we bonded a bit. And we talked about a very interesting film, like I said, Mishima, Life in Four Chapters. Uh, just check that movie out. It is one of the most interesting films I've ever seen and mm-hmm. how it was executed. Yeah, it's good. hard to describe, but a uh, really, really cool, cool movie. You got anything else, Noel?
2: I got nothing else except that I'm excited about the movie uh, you're talking about. The, um, uh, sorry to bother you. Sorry to bother you. Also, uh, Meryl Garbus from Toon Yards does uh, a lot of the music, and she's one of my favorites, along
1: with The Coup. Do you like tune yards? I do like tune yards, yeah. Awesome. All right, so thanks for tuning in, everyone, and we'll see you next week for another Mini Crush.
0: Hello, this
2: is Ron Burgundy and you are listening to my voice, which commands trust and respect. Guess what? My podcast is back, and that's a win for everyone. If you're a longtime listener to the show, you probably already know the deal. Each week, I bring you hard-hitting journalism, and also light entertainment. I contain multitudes. Find the Ron Burgundy Podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The entire first season of This Time Tomorrow is available now to binge from start to finish. In this new iHeart series presented by T-Mobile for Business, join me, Osvalosian, and Kara Price as we explore the exciting possibilities of the next generation of connectivity. From smart cities to future farms, you'll find out just how much could change with future 5G networks. Listen to
1: This Time Tomorrow on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.